Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. In Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be going to verse 25. It's Jesus talking and his message from the mountain. And he says this, therefore, everyone say therefore. Okay, I always taught this. If there's a therefore, you need to find out what it's there for, right? That means there's something that came before it. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Everyone say anxious. Everyone say anxious. How many have ever been anxious before? Y'all, if there was a PhD in anxiety, I think I could earn it, right? How many, like, that's a thing, anxious. It says here to do not be anxious about your life. And I just want to say that that's really easy to say. It's a whole other thing to do. And I don't want to pretend as I'm up here talking that I'm just going to be like, all right, everyone, let's not be anxious. All right, we're good, right? I get it that the moment that being anxious comes up in your life, it's usually not your desire to be that way. And yet there it is. And yet here is Jesus who has the audacity of saying, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And then he goes on to say, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Uh, and I want to talk about this word anxious just for a second. Uh, this word anxious, if you go back and look at the original language, has this meaning of divided into parts, figuratively meaning it means to go to pieces. How many have just gone to pieces before when you were anxious? You just fell to pieces. Anyone? Uh, me? Uh, for sure. It's to be pulled apart. That's probably a pretty accurate description of when you feel anxious. You feel pulled apart. And I have this thing here that I, hey, Malachi, will you come here? Come on up. Everyone give Malachi a hand. So here's what I want. Malachi is one of my runners. I have a lot of my runners here. Okay, look right here. I want you to stand right here. I want you to face that door right there. I want you to face it, okay? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to run towards that door, and that's the only direction I want you to run, okay? But I want you to end up at that door over there. Now, don't move until you have it figured out. Okay, that's, that's fair. He said, say it to me again. What I want you to do is to run to that door that's in front of you over there on the left side of the sanctuary. But I really want you to end up over there at that door behind you over on the right side of the sanctuary. But don't move until you have it figured out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. You feeling it? Okay, you haven't moved yet. It's, this one's a hard one. It's a puzzle, right? Now, you know how it can be done? Yeah, it can't. 
you need to turn around and go the other way, right? All right, have a seat. Let's give Malachi a hand. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this, this right here is an accurate description of anxiety. This right here is an accurate description of anxiety. Remember when we saw the word therefore in verse 25? It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. And that word anxious means to be divided or pulled apart. If you look at the verse before it, let's look at verse 24, which we already covered a few weeks ago when we talked about giving. In verse 24, it says this, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot have interests that are divided. You can't say, you know what, I want to end up over there, but I want to do it by running towards that. It'll never happen. If that was... Like, imagine my entire cross-country team. The gun goes off, and they just stand there because they don't know what to do. And that, in a real way, it's what anxiety does to us so many times. It paralyzes us because we're like, wait, I want to be there, but I feel like I need to be going there. This word, I love it because this word is also the same word that's used in 1 Corinthians 7 when Paul's talking about marriage, right? And now, I want to... Also, let me put an asterisk on this word that it means to be divided into parts, go to pieces, pulled apart. It can also mean to properly distribute, right? Have you ever been in like um, third grade before and the teacher's handing out like candy or something, right? Especially if it's a public school, they're going to make sure everyone gets the same amount. It's properly distributed, right? So this word can mean that. Um, but in 1 Corinthians 7, this is Paul talking about marriage, this is what he says about marriage. He says, if you're single, you should probably think about and pray about staying single. And he says this, because a married, married person, excuse me, a married person's interests are divided, right? They have to think about how they can please the Lord and also about their spouse. That's the biblical call. Their interests are divided. And if you go actually look, this word anxious is in that passage. You're anxious about your spouse. Your interests are divided. Something to think about. But I want to say before I move on that there is a difference between planning versus worrying. Here Jesus says, excuse me, where am I at? Uh, he says, to not worry about your body, not worry about food, not worry about clothes. And he says, look at the birds of the air. Neither they sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And I want to say there's a difference between planning and worrying. Jesus right here, he's calling us to not have divided interests. He's calling us not to be anxious. He's not saying not to make a plan. Like, tomorrow I plan on getting up and going to work because the Lord has provided me that job. Some people have incorrectly used this as being like, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just never going to plan for anything ever, right? 
So imagine your kids coming to you and be like, hey, mom, what are you cooking dinner for tonight? And you're just like, I don't know. The Lord will provide it. Right now, how many have ever been in a place of faith where that's actually been the statement and it was because you were living in faith? I get it. That happens. But right here, what we're saying is the difference between planning and worrying. If you're always worrying about tomorrow, then you're not living in faith. But sometimes the Lord provides a plan for tomorrow. I, I love it how in James, he actually talks about don't say I'm going to do such and such tomorrow. Rather say, rather say, I'll do such and such tomorrow if God wills it. Right? And let's back all the way up to the Lord's prayer. Like, that's what the context of this entire thing is. The entire context of this conversation about worry is this. Do you trust your father? Because he just got done talking and teaching them all these things in the Lord's prayer, which is that he's our father, right? He's, and later we're going to learn he's the father that gives good gifts. That we can pray, give us today our daily bread. That we can trust him. We pray for his kingdom to come. His will be done. And so the reality is what Jesus is talking here in this context is, do you trust your father? Like you, he, got, he just got done teaching you how to pray. Are you confident now that he's going to provide you the things you need from that prayer you just prayed? Because I know I taught him prayer last week, but when Jesus stood here and taught it, it was all within the span of time standing on that mountain. And so he taught on prayer, and then he said this, now don't be anxious. You just learned how to pray, now don't be anxious. Trust that your God will provide. And some of you, he's going to call you to varying degrees of trust. Some of you, he's going to call you to do things you're going to have to trust a whole lot more. And it's not for me to stand up here and say, well, you should trust more in this area. Well, sometimes it is for me to say, right, if we're talking, having that conversation, but you know deep in your heart where the Lord's calling you to trust, whether you're walking out obedience in that area or not. One of my favorite verses here, let's read on, let's read on. It says, are you not more valuable than they? Are you not more valuable than a bird? The answer is yes, you're valuable to your father. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour span to his life. And, and I, this, this is probably my, one of my favoritest verses. If you just worry enough, if you're just anxious enough, you can fix the situation. That's the way we feel like like it so consumes us or especially we're in the moment and we're worrying about the thing. And if I just worry about it enough, maybe it'll get better. I know we don't think that, but we don't stop the worry because I just if I worry enough, I can live just an hour longer. Some translation say can add a cubit to his height. If I just worry enough, I can make myself taller. Which is probably. Yeah, David, you're smiling. You wish you could worry yourself a little taller, right? Worry accomplishes nothing. In fact, I, I read this, and the thought I have is, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And what I think is, by being anxious, what you actually have done is removed an hour to your life. Like you lost all that time you spent being worried about it. 
I know this, guys, because I'm an expert warrior. And guess what? All that time I spent worrying about the situation, it didn't change it, but I can never get that time back. What do we do? What do we do in the face of worry? Flip with me over to Philippians chapter 4. This is one of my favorites. And I'll say this, in a season where I worried the most, this is the verse I went to the most. If I can find Philippians here. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to go to verse 4. And this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Y'all. Y'all. It was like, rejoice in the Lord always. Well, he didn't really mean that. So I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Can I tell you that Rejoicing is different than just being happy. Right? Notice he didn't say, be happy in your circumstances always. Yeah, that's not possible. There's some things going to happen to you that you just aren't going to be happy about. There's circumstances that you'll never find joy in. But you know what you'll always find joy in? The Lord. Like, notice he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Not rejoice in your situation. Not rejoice. He says rejoice in the Lord always. I can tell you there's even in the hardest moment you've ever lived through that there's always a Lord that you can rejoice in. That he is there for you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And in the middle of this circumstance, this is what he says. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That one has floored me time and time again. Because in the midst of worry, in the midst of anxiety, what's the last thing you're feeling like being? Reasonable. Right? What do you want to do? You want to fly off the handle? You want to yell at somebody, which I would never do? Sorry. In the middle of anxiety, reasonableness is the last thing you want. And yet, this is what it says. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. And then it says why? The Lord is at hand. Like God is close to you. The Lord is close to you in the middle of everything. And this is a comfort to me. That in the middle of my worry and my anxiety and my trouble, that the Lord, he is close. And if he is close, you ever, you ever see a kid misbehaving until their dad walks in the room? And they straighten right up. It happens on my cross-country team all the time. They're doing all the things they shouldn't do, like walk. Until I drive around the corner, and all of a sudden, oh, here's coach, and they start running. Like, I saw you. Somehow we straighten up. Can I tell you? Straighten up. The Lord is close. He's close. And not only straighten up because he's our authority, but he's a friend that loves us. And that means if the Lord is close, here's another, here's another way to look at it. How many of you have ever, especially when you're, when you're a kid, 
and you have anxiety or something's coming up and then your parent just shows up and gives you a big hug and you're like it's gonna be okay they did nothing to fix the situation all they did was hug it like your kid they fall down they scrape their knee and you you kiss their knee and all of a sudden it's magically better it's just because you're close it's just because you're close and you have a confidence in that parent your god is this heavenly father that you can have confidence in. And so when he's close, let your confidence be in him. Let your joy be in him. And so I can be reasonable. I encountered, I encountered a situation a couple weeks ago when that was the statement that was made. They were like, I don't understand how you're being, they didn't say that this way, but basically they're saying, I don't understand how you're being so reasonable right now in this situation. Usually, People fly off the handle in this situation. I just told them, Jesus. It was Jesus. A long, I told them a long time ago, Jesus did a work in my heart, and it changed my life. And then I proceeded to present them the gospel. Then in verse 6, look at this. Do not be anxious about most things. Do not be anxious about what anything don't be anxious about small things no it says do not be anxious about anything but everyone say but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god now listen in, in the original language conjunctions sometimes can be vague and ambiguous and they translators just have to pick the one they think is the best. But sometimes they're really clear. And can I tell you right here where it says, do not be anxious about anything. And see that word, but? Right here, that word, but, it's, it's actually the word, but, like, however, like, instead of. Like, rather than this, this. That's this word right here. So he's, what he's saying don't be anxious about anything. Instead, do something else. Can I tell you, if there's something else I can do rather than be anxious that God is telling me to do, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And here's what it says. It says, instead, in everything, okay, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. What he's telling me is to pray with thanksgiving. That's what I just saw there. Like pray with thanksgiving instead of being anxious. And I was on the phone with someone this week, and they were pouring out the heart to me and how anxious and how much worry they were carrying about a situation. And this is the verse we went to. And I asked them, what are you thankful for? And they were like, that's weird. You know, tell me things you're thankful for. And as we start going through things, I said, now let's stop and let's pray to God. And we're going to pray with gratitude about every single one of those things. Right? And you know what I know, what I realize that does in me? What I realize that does in me is I pray with gratitude in my heart to God. I realize all the things I'm thanking, thanking him for are things and situations that he's come through before where he's met my need before, where he's taken care of me before, where, I've, where I realize I can trust him. And if I can trust him in all those things, I can trust him in the thing that's bringing anxiety to my life. 
And I, guys, I've walked this one out, and some of you know this story. Is there, was a, there was a time about a year ago when I was actually sitting in Eureka Springs with my dad and some other pastors, and we were sitting there eating uh, lunch in Eureka Springs, and anxiety just gripped up in me to the point where I felt like I was about to have a panic attack. Anybody ever been there? And I was just sitting there where I wanted to be anywhere but there with the anxiety gripping my heart, and the Lord was like, but instead, pray about everything with thanksgiving. I looked at those men. I said, you'll have to excuse me. I stood up, walked outside, and started walking down the street. I started praying, and in my prayer, what I was doing is I was thanking God for everything he had ever done, every miracle he had ever performed in my life. I started from the time I was little, anything I could think of. I started thinking of the smallest things I could think of, the biggest things I could think of. Lord, I thank you for my kids. I thank you that they're serving you. God, I thank you for my church that loves me. God, I, I thank you that I have a job. I started just going through a, a long, long list, walking down the street of Eureka Springs, talking to myself, which normally I think people would think you're crazy, but it's Eureka Springs, right? So they're probably like, oh, it's normal. Pray with thanksgiving. And this is what happens as a result. Get this. Look at verse 7. What happens when we, instead of worrying, get anxious, and instead pray with thanksgiving? In verse 7 it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. It's not just, and the anxiety will go away. It's that the peace of God will come upon you, and it's going to guard your heart and guard your mind. It's a defense around you, this peace guarding you. Why do I have peace? Because I realize my God will supply all my needs, that my God will take care of me. Like Jesus is saying back in Matthew chapter 6, that if God will take care of a bird, he'll take care of me. And then this is what I love is here in these remaining verses of this part, he's talking about how to think. This is how you should think. Are you ready? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, say true. Whatever is honorable, say honorable. Now listen, this is a list of things to think about. Some of the time, the reason we fall into anxiety is because we're thinking about things that aren't even true or we think they might be true. If, hey, look, look this way. If you think something might be true, is there a possibility that it might not be true? So should you be thinking about it? Right? It's the what if. Well, what if this is what's happening? What if this is the situation? That's probably the primary source of most of our anxiety. What if this happens? Well, you don't know if that's true, so don't think about it. You know what I know is true? What the Lord says. You know what I know is true? Well, you're like, Pastor Drew, some things I know that are true and they still bring me anxiety. Well, then I would ask you, is it honorable to think about? It might be true, but is it honorable? And look at the next one. Whatever is just, say just. So it might be true and maybe it's honorable and it still brings you anxiety, but is it just? And then next, whatever is pure, say pure. Whatever is lovely, say you're with me. Whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, if is excuse me, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's a pretty long list. And so this is a great list to memorize. I would actually challenge you to memorize this list. The next time you experience anxiety and you're starting to think about things maybe you shouldn't be thinking about, ask yourself, is this thing that I'm thinking about true? Is it honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? Then why am I thinking about it? And what's going to happen is the God of peace is going to guard your mind and your heart as you think on these things and really there's only one that truly matches up to all these things and that's our lord right that's our lord and so we leaning into this whole thing flip with me back over to matthew and then we're going to go to first peter and then i'm done and robert you can go ahead and join me although i'm you might be there for a while i'm not sure Verse 28, and why are you anxious about clothing? I just thought of a whole segment of the population that that's a really good one to preach at, but I'm going to move on. Consider <laughs> wisdom. Uh, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how, uh, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Wait a minute. I just want to make sure I look nice. I want to make sure all my needs are met. Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, he says it again, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. He knows that you need all of them. Put your finger right there and flip over to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to say before I read this like it's easy for me, get me to get up here and just talk about anxiety again like I said at the beginning and just say alright just don't worry just don't have anxiety but I also realize that the moment that anxiety shows up at your door Sometimes all you want is for it to go away. And I don't want to be dismissive of any of our situations this morning. That some of you could give testimonies of situations where you were anxious and you were worried 
about things maybe that you should be anxious and worried about. According to what the word sa world says, but not according to what the word says. That you have a king and a father that loves you and wants to take care of you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever. What I'm saying this morning is we're talking about the anxiety, the anxiousness of the situation. The reality is, is that he may not deliver you out of the situation. He may only deliver you from the anxiety of it. I would love to get up here and preach a sermon someday that said, you do not have to suffer ever again. But that would be unbiblical and ungodly. Because we sang it today that even our Lord suffered. Even our Lord suffered and we're called into the suffering of Christ. But we don't have to walk through it with divided interests. And the reason sometimes we're so pulled is what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I know you want me over here, but I also I don't want to suffer. And there's an anxiety that pulls us, that divides our interests. We feel pulled right and left because we're trying to make things better for us. We want control over the situation ourselves. We worry about it ourselves. But what he is saying, he's saying he has dominion. He has authority. And so we should humble ourselves and cast our anxiety on him because he cares for us much more than we even care for ourselves. What I love is that Christ himself, Christ himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. So what do we do? It's Matthew 6, 33. Probably the first verse I ever memorized. I memorized it in a song. I will not sing it for you. But here it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
The reality is this. If this is where God wants us to be, but we're like, but God, what about all of that? What God is saying is if you'll turn, this is hard. Because you've got to understand, the people he's talking to had to work hard. Like most of us in this room, probably all of us, work from paycheck to paycheck. If we miss one, we're hurting. But he's talking to a culture that had to work sometimes from meal to meal, working and fishing and trying to figure out life. And what he's telling them is if they will turn away from the things they think they need and seek God first and run towards him, then all of that will be added to them. If they'd stop putting their mind on the things they think they need and put their mind on whatever's true and lovely and commendable and pure and worthy, like it's this whole turning from what you think you need to control and giving it up to him, casting it on him and turn and seek first his kingdom. Then all those things will be added to you. And it's easy for me to stand up here and say, it's a whole nother thing for you to live out in practice. It's hard. It requires death to self. And it's this part of the message on the mountain. It's this part. Why at the end of Matthew chapter 7, it says their minds were blown by what he was saying. Because he's literally telling them to forget themselves and seek him first. Just let go. And that's the way it feels. It feels like hanging on the edge of a cliff and you feel like you have to grab on with everything you have to save yourself. And what Jesus is saying is just let go. And the moment you let go, what you find that he's there to catch you the entire time. Like that's where his kingdom is, is you not being in control. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? And I ask those of you that would help me pray to come on up. This morning, I know there's those of us who have worry. We're anxious. I'm even reminded of Mary and Martha. Martha felt like she was doing the right thing, but doing all the things that needed to actually be done. Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, you're worried about lots of things. You have so much on your mind, but only one thing is needed. And Mary, who's just sitting at the feet of Jesus, has chosen the better thing. Like she's seeking the kingdom of God first. And there's this morning, some of us, we feel like we're 
we feel like we're trying to do the right thing. We're like, I'm just trying to get things in order. I'm just trying to fix it. I'm just trying to make it better. But this morning I say your interests are divided. That this morning, whatever the situation is, it's time to surrender it to the king and seek him first. And then these things will be added to you. We just begin to pray and examine your heart. And as you do, if you need prayer this morning, we want to take time to pray for you about anything. Whether it's a moment of anxiety in your life, something you're walking through. If you need healing in your body, if you need anything at all, we want to agree with you in prayer. Let's just take a moment here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.